This is Carl Palachuk, and you're listening to the SMB Community Podcast, produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Today's sponsor is Gazinta Tixt. Headaches with customers texting your technicians? Gazinta Tixt brings your texting conversation into service tickets. Set your MSP apart by allowing your customers to communicate the way they want to without losing control of the conversation. Since text messages are 10 times more likely to be opened than email, you can get your tickets to resolved faster. An essential tool for supporting a growing remote workforce. Go to www.tixt.us to sign up for a 30-day free trial. Welcome to another SMB Community Podcast. This is Carl, and I'm joined once again by my good friend, Harry Brailsford. Welcome, sir. Hey, Carl. Always a pleasure. So Harry is the author of, I think, more books than me. So, I think so. <laughs> my, certainly over 20. And uh, so he is here today to talk about his latest and greatest books. Wh- book, which um, I have to say the timing is pretty darn good. So this is called The Pocket MBA. Um, but first, Harry, let's talk about you. So you are a multi-time entrepreneur. And for people who are not familiar with your businesses, why don't you give us your, uh, you know, 37 second speech? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I'll grab what you're pitching. So, um, <laughs> Carl, I, um, in fact, I'm looking at an old news article across the, uh, the, the room. Um, myself and a classmate were written up in uh, seventh grade in Anchorage, Alaska. And um, you know, I did the newspaper route thing and this, that, and uh, the other, and, and we'd meet at the mornings at Merrill Lynch. We both had little investment accounts, and I went to what they called an alternative high school where you do that stuff, and, you know, we're, we're playing, you know, 10-cent poker. I mean, don't kid yourself, but aside from that, he was studying uh, physics and, and, and thinking person stuff, and then I was talking to Texas Instruments and they actually flew up and met with me to import LED watches. So those were, you know, the old oh, yeah, days yeah. in the, the battery life. Yeah, the old LED Texas instrument watches. I was going to be a distributor for Alaska. So I'm going to call that my first uh, endeavor. They sure were surprised when I went to the hotel room and it was a kid in seventh or eighth grade. They expected an adult. Um, <laughs> Carl, briefly, then uh, another, I've probably done 10 or plus startups, but another one, was 1-800-NETWORK, and this is in 93-94. We were backed by Mac Temps out of Boston, simultaneously opened in 12 cities. I uh, learned a lot of lessons about that. Maybe we should have opened in just one city as a pilot. <laughs> Lear- learned a lot, Carl, but the idea was network temps, right? Contingent labor to cover uh, projects and vacation and, 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 and so on. So that is uh, the life I chose. Um, I've never been a very good employee. Uh, and uh, to end my introduction, I'm best known for a 20-year-old community of uh, technology enthusiasts called SMB Nation that was predicated upon small business server and some some works I did in the area. So nice to be back, Carl. So um, I always love origin stories. So it sounds like you 
Like I have a story of leaving employment and becoming a consultant. Did you ever have a real job before you <laughs> became a consultant? Uh, yeah, yeah. I worked uh, for five or six years uh, for a large regional public accounting firm in the mid-late 90s, uh, the dot-com era, um, called Clark Newber. And so I, I signed the back of the check. I got a paycheck, and I had to actually sign the back of it and deposit it. <laughs> right. Back and, in the day. <laughs> uh, I ran their network, I, their technology consulting practice, and what started out as a Great Plains Dynamics play, right, uh, which would be a natural act for an accounting firm, grew into small business servers. And we caught that. And Carl uh, left on good terms. Uh, we, we got shut down in late 99 because of the Enron scandal concerning Arthur Anderson, uh, the accounting firm, and Anderson Consulting. And we don't have time to go into all that, but basically the regulators told accounting firms you have to divest your consulting practices. So right. they packaged me out. I moved to Bainbridge Island and the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> Very good. So, you know, this year, I mean, we're recording this in the middle of 2020 and it's just probably the strangest year of my life. Uh, so many people are suddenly finding themselves looking for a job and a handful of them are going to start businesses. And so uh, the timing for your book is phenomenal, but you also have, I mean, you'll kind of start out with a section of who should not become a business owner. So why don't you tell us a tiny bit about that? Like, like, am I the right guy to go out and hang up my shingle? Actually, you know, that's, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, I've seen, uh, a, a couple of people that, that, that should not uh, start a, a business, right? And uh, I'll, I'll take my son, Jeffrey, and with all due respect, um, but, but he, he would concur. Then we'll talk about my son, Harry, who yeah. is an entrepreneur like his dad. But uh, my son, Jeff, um, Carl, he was, uh, you know, in the high school band and did drum and bugle corps. Jeff likes structure, right? And he got waitlisted. He, he got some congressional recommendations and waitlisted for Annapolis for the Naval Academy. And that's how Jeff thinks, right? He, he went on to, you know, get his aerospace degree at Cal Poly, and now he works for the Department of Defense out in the Mojave Desert, where they do very interesting classified things. And, and Carl, he's thriving, he, he, he fits an organization like that in, in the structure. So he will not be an entrepreneur. That's one example. Um, the other example is uh, phrased by our, my friend and yours, T-Cat. You remember T-Cat, that, oh, yeah. that wild man? So let me find that book. Um, yeah, he did a derivative workforce called... Uh, certification success. So it was about success teams, what are now known as peer groups. And Carl, the idea is you, you have a study group, right, right. To, to prepare for the exam. Um, and he has a section in his book called BS. And BS means basic story. And what he goes into is there's a lot of us that just can't get out of our own way or across the finish line, right? There's the, there's this basic story that, boy, you know, I want to start a, a, a coffee stand and 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 I gotta 
I'm going to do a business plan and I'm going to talk to 20 advisors and I'm going to meet with the bank and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, and, and people get too caught up in the mechanics of thinking about starting a business. Right. And Carl, then they, they don't even start it. They burn out. Right. So, you know, six months later, they haven't sold a single cup of coffee, but they have branded coffee cup holders right. in anticipation. Right. Well, I'm and sure logoed seen. envelopes and stationery and t-shirts. <laughs> yeah, but they actually never open the door. That person should not be an entrepreneur. <laughs> exactly. So those are two examples and there's others. So one of the things about people who get started is, I think, as you mentioned, they kind of get caught up in the busyness. Um, so what, if you, if you could make a short list, like what should I look at if I'm thinking I want to go into business, right? If I, if I say, okay, let's, let's set aside for now the, um, uh, the, the brand and the logo and the t-shirts, uh, <laughs> what should I put my energy into to determine whether or not I should actually launch? Oh. Yeah, so, so, so two things would be a, a self-assessment. And Carl, uh, in writing this book, I, I read other books and attended webinars. And I'm, as you know, I'm a big believer in that. You, you and I have cooperated for years on books, and maybe our books had a little bit of overlap. But, you know, Carl, my philosophy has always been when you, when you were in college, it's, it's not like I read just one book on project management, my major. I actually read about nine books, and they have right. competing views. And, and so the point is this. I attended a webinar recently by two Australians uh, who are over the age of 50, and they have a system about over 50, the over 50 consultant. Okay, so it's very similar thinking. And their idea was uh, look in the mirror and determine what your domain expertise is from your 30 years of being in business, right? We all have some domain expertise at that point. Um, right. And, you know, the proverbial over 10,000 hours in a career path and you know what you're doing. And so that's where you start, okay? Start the conversation there. Now, it may well be that you are tired of being an accountant and you don't want to just break out on your own and, 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 put up the shingle, but you actually want to buy the overhead door franchise, right? You want to do something completely different, as right. Monty Python would say. Right. Um, and, and, and that's okay, too. And, and quite frankly, the franchise route uh, helps people who've never run a business before, right? It's the proverbial cookbook on, on how to run the business. So that's actually a really good idea, too. Um, and and then uh, finally, Carl, uh, a boss uh, of mine, you know, way back, uh, boy, we're running an ArcNet network to date myself. Um, but he said, you know, his view on being an entrepreneur, because he saw, he saw the twinkle in my eyes of being an entrepreneur and not an employee. And he said, Harry, you know, you strike me as someone who gets in a racing skull and you just start rowing just start rowing and you don't exactly know where you're going, right? And you can't see because when you're rowing, Carl, your eyes are looking backwards. <laughs> so right. you just right. start. Somebody rowing. else has, yeah, it's the, uh, the <laughs> coxswain looks forward and you're looking backwards. Yeah. And, but that would, that, that would be my final answer is, you know, just, just do it. Don't get so caught up in writing a hundred page business plan that will come. Right. Just start rowing, man. So, so I was going to ask, uh, actually, uh, had it on my list about the business plan. 
So, you know, I, part of this depends on where you get your money and how big you want your organization to be, right? If you don't need outside money, if you're just going to literally just whatever, you've seen people do this, pack up the credit cards and <laughs> start your business. Um, do you need much of a business plan? Like how much do you need, I guess? No. Um, Carl, I'm looking off camera. I'm going to grab it. I realize we're a podcast, but this is the original SMB Nation business plan. It is a napkin. Right. Okay. Reprinted in the book. Yeah, exactly. And um, I actually gave a, a lecture at a tech conference on the, the business plan on a napkin. That was a one-hour lecture at Computer Associates, a big show years ago. And, um, and, and so at least have a napkin, right? How many famous businesses have come out of the Silicon Valley at lunch where right. they drew on the table, the tabletop? Um, you got to have that. But in all seriousness, Carl, I'm suggesting just a 10 to 20 slide PowerPoint deck. That's all you need. And, and you need that for internal purposes, right? Your, your, your management team, your mission statement, uh, finance and accounting, right? So, okay, we're going to use QuickBooks. That's a right. bullet point on a slide. <laughs> yeah. Marketing and so on. But yeah, uh, just a small PowerPoint deck is fine for internal use. Very cool. So um, one of the things I really like about your book is the find your mind or grinder uh, motif. Uh, why don't you give us a quick introduction to that? Yeah, so uh, I, I really have to give credit to my, my brother Jim, who was a career uh, uh, technology lawyer in the Bay Area, uh, ultimately finished his time at SanDisk, but he had his own law firm. And he turned me on to that, good Lord, probably in the talking table talk in the 80s or 90s. But he said, that's kind of what a law firm is. Finder, minder, grinder. Okay, so finder would be go get the clients, all right? Minder would be manage your, your law practice as well as your uh, clients. And lawyers don't always do the best job of that, <laughs> of, right. of actually communicating what they've done and what's going on. And, and then grinder was do the work. And here's what he found is that, that that's, that's the structure of what we call professional services, right? But it, it applies to virtually any business. And, but what he found is, is over the years, you're typically good at two out of the three, okay? So it's hard to be good at three out of three. And, and so, for example, my brother would tell you that uh, he was good at getting the business, okay? So, and, and, and maybe managing the business. Not, not that he wasn't a good grinder. He, he, he was a good grinder too, of course, but he had someone on his staff that was a grinder. I mean, the guy, Leonard, and I mean, Leonard, just wicked smart, right? Wicked smart lawyer in intellectual property, but probably not the best bedside manners. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's interesting. Yeah. So, and that happens a lot in, in the technology business. I know that. So, mm -hmm. but that's the construct. And, and I wanted something that was easy to visualize and, and, and articulate. So that's why I rolled with that framework. So the grinder does the work and the finder finds the work and the minder kind of manages the store. 
Yeah, yeah, it's it's twofold. So the minder has two roles. One is to, in fact, manage the store. So inventory, ordering, pay your bills, cash management, if you will. But but then in professional services, the minder role is also to take care of the client. And and I you know learned that the hard way, man. When I was at that uh, accounting firm in the mid '90s they really sharpen the saw for me on the minder side. Like every time you leave uh, Wallace Properties where we had an SBS installation, Harry, you pick up that Motorola brick phone. It's called a, it's called a, a cellular phone. <laughs> and as you're driving away, you leave a voicemail for Bob Wallace. Um, you know, cause Carl, you'll, you remember you'd be driving away at 1030 at night, right? This is back in the day. Right. And you leave a voicemail and you say, Hey Bob, uh, I billed two hours. Um, I made a backup. I rebooted the machine. I fixed Jeanette's laptop and I tested the new multifunction printer. Just wanted to leave you a little voicemail. That's what I did. Carl, that's Minder. And so few of us do that. So it's interesting, the, uh, the skill levels on different things. Do you think that most people are aware of what, where they're good and where they're not with Finder, Minder, Grinder? Ooh, I haven't had that question before. Um, probably not. And, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I, I, I think for a couple of reasons. One is denial is a very strong aphrodisiac, okay? <laughs> so you, you might be in denial. And, and, and I could probably raise my hand on that. You know, I, I probably excel most at finder and grinder and I've surrounded myself with the talent that does more of the minder job, right? So that, that's okay. It's okay to surround yourself with talent. But no, I don't know if people have that, inherently have that level of awareness. And then Carl, I would compound it with pandemic head. Um, everybody is uh, under a lot of stress. And, and that, you know, means... It's, it's, it's just hard to think clearly sometimes in these, you know, you, you got to grab a lower gear to kind of generate that awareness. <laughs> right. So, you know, one of the things that really strikes me is that this is such a unique period in time, like where we are literally today, uh, that the advice has got to be different, right? I mean, if you think about when you started your business, when I started my first business, um, we didn't have remote workers. We didn't have all this massive connectivity where everybody's got, uh, you know, the entire knowledge of the universe in their, you know, palm of their hand on a cell phone. And uh, we didn't have the ability to just click a button and for $5, somebody in the Philippines does a bunch of work for us or somebody in, in Florida balances our books or, you know, contacts all of our prospects and sets up meetings for next month. So, what what do people who are new to this business today, to starting a business, what do they need to know that's that they're going to come up against that's going to be a little bit different than the world that they grew up in as an employee? Well, try this on for size. I don't know if this directly answers what you're saying, but try this on for size. When I started SMB Nation in late 99, um, I wanted to, to start SMB Nation. Now, you know, the dot, dot gone hadn't quite hit. The markets were overheated. There were probably jobs out there. I did not go look for them. 
and again, I had the, the benefit of a, a small package uh, to kind of get me launched as, as I walked out the door, right? So I, I, I could get started. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. Part of my thinking with this book is um, for many of you, you have to be an entrepreneur right now. You're, we're going to have to innovate our way out of this one, okay? And, and, you know, read the book, get smart, get smart quick, and get creative because, Carl, to be blunt, there are no jobs. Um, let's, let's, you know, make that a premise. <laughs> so we have got to innovate our way out of it. And once you kind of view it from that point of view, um, then you, you might get really creative. It's like, um, you know, man, it sure would be nice to invent a little camera uh, that's on the back of a pickup truck that helps me when I want to put my boat trailer over the hitch, right? So I right. have a visualization here because doggone it, I always have to go back and forth about six times with my truck to get that darn hitch, you know, the ball to right. come down. You know, it's one of life's more frustrating things. <laughs> that innovation, to my knowledge, doesn't exist. I hope, hope that answers the question, but you have to innovate your way now. So, but not everybody's an innovator, right? Yeah. So, um, I, and I, I don't want to plug a different book, but I always encourage people to go read The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. Yeah, got it. And, you know, <laughs> Yeah, one of the right here, man. <laughs> there one, they one are. <laughs> big things that that Gerber always talks about is that you know there are people who become entrepreneurs because they are technicians who have an entrepreneurial fit. Um, so, uh, assuming that you've decided, you know what, this is not a short-term thing. I'm really, I'm really in it uh, to stay. Uh, what should you look for? Like, like what are the most important things you should do to get started? Say the first three or four months of your new business? Well, I, I think of it this way. Again, uh, at least initially stick to the knitting. If, if you want to get traction in the first uh, three or four um, months, uh, think of a low risk activity that falls into your domain expertise, right? So uh, again, for example, um, a lot of us are kind of we're, we're project managers, even though we don't know it, right? You've, you've just inherently maybe organized your child's wedding, okay? You're, you're a project manager and you think that way. And so maybe, and, and those gigs exist, right? There's always that kind of, hey, we, we have a three-month uh, go-to-market um, campaign where we're launching a new product. We better get a project manager in here to herd these cats, so that, that's what I would recommend for your initial entry into the world of entrepreneurship is much like the Australians over the over 50 consultant, you know, start with what you know. Then once you kind of are, you know, have cash flow and, and, and you're kind of getting uh, up on plane, then you could start to think in terms of innovating that uh, trailer hitch camera. Um, now there's higher risk with innovation, right? Now the returns could be phenomenal. Right. But there's going to be higher risk and it's going to take more than three or four months, right? A product development cycle, I, I would offer, you better plan on a year. Um, and, and then Carl, the, the other thing I write up is uh, that, um, and it's in the first part of the book, is that, you know, there's no shame in uh, being an Uber driver or a Lyft driver, right? So, you know, you, 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 you got you to eat and right. make 
your entrepreneurial endeavor, your side hustle, right? Until it becomes your main hustle. So that's okay. No, that's okay. Deliver pizzas, man. Do what you got to do. Right. So um, you're in the very, I guess, lucky and unique position of having literally dealt with thousands of business owners, small, medium, and large. I mean, everybody from, you know, I guess Microsoft or whatever, a Fortune (laughs) 2 company or something, right? Microsoft, Intel, uh, all the way down to five-person shops, one-person shops, and literally everything in the middle all over the world. Like, I don't know if you've kept track of how many countries you've been to, but... Yeah, 46. Where's that passport? 46. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) so, So with all of that knowledge, what percentage of the people who you have seen running businesses uh, should not be running businesses? Is it 1%, 5%? It can't be 50%. <laughs> but there are people running businesses who you just, you know, after 10 minutes, you're like, dude, go do something else. Yeah, it, that, that's an interesting question. It's clearly in the double digits. And, and the, the, a lot of those people go do something else. Now, this is, let, let me spin that around. So let's assume, you know, I'm, I guess I'm fussy today. Let's assume it's a third of the people should not be running a business. I, I think it's a, signif- it's a statistically significant number, personally. Um, and, and those people do tend to, you know, the, the free market does tend to send them on their way or they marry rich and uh, don't have to work or whatever. <laughs> Right, right. Don't name any names. <laughs> no, no, and or or genders. Uh, you know that just folks t- take it at face value, um, and and so the but this creates the opportunity. So uh, the gentleman that provided my forward, uh, Jay Heilberg, Heilberg uh, is the co-founder of SpiceWorks in Austin, Texas, and he got acquired a couple years ago and exited. And so now he is an advisor to a lot of small businesses. And he, uh, we, we, we talk occasionally, it loves barbecue. And he um, talked about, you know, he's lined up like six uh, positions, you know, advisory role, board positions, one of those guys. And he said, he's amazed at how many people don't know how to, to run a business. That, that's what he does. He didn't, he didn't fully expect that's what he would do, but that's where the demand is, Carl. Back, back to your point, how many people shouldn't be running a business? Well, that creates an opportunity for business coaches, advisors, and so on, right? right. And, and ergo, that might be in someone's wheelhouse listening to this podcast and reading my book. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are probably the, your best, tips for somebody who says, okay, I'm pretty sure I, I know what I want to do. And I pretty sure I want to, I want to go start this business. Uh, what, what are your best tips for them to proceed forward? Well, what I did, uh, I, I, again, we're using the framework of finder, minder, grinder. And then um, I, for years have had uh, this, this concept of Brelsford's rules of 12. Okay. And that could even include if you're an unsuccessful entrepreneur, the 12-step program and the recovery movement post-entrepreneurial <laughs> era. So tw- 12 is a nice number. Right. It just works. It works just, either way. <laughs> it, it works all the way through. So, um, Carl, the rules of 12 are basically saying consistency, okay? That let's get base hits, you know, 
occasionally swing for the fences, but the, those sluggers tend to have high strikeout ratios. But Carl, if all you do, one, one, one of my rules is in a fiscal quarter, which is just, you know, over 12 weeks, of course, but um, give out 12 business cards and collect 12 business cards. So that's basically once a week, grab a business card. Right. Once a week, give away a business card, get up and do it again and again and again. And this book is written for people who have a long-term uh, investment in being an entrepreneur, right? There are other books about the 92nd entrepreneur or the 92nd manager. Right. <laughs> uh, fine, fine. Go, go read those, of course. Um, but I'm laying out a, a map or a plan that's long-term, right? This for many will be literally a career change. And it, 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 it could take a year until you're completely satisfied with how it's going. So ergo the Uber and Lyft driver scenario. <laughs> right. Well, and you know, the, the final thing I want to talk about was marketing. And uh, again, I, I, I have this impression that not just in IT, which I have experience with, but, in many, many businesses, the, the weakest thing that, that entrepreneurs have is the, the finder piece of it, <laughs> the, the marketing. Like we we're really good at whatever it is, installing window shades or, or fixing computers or you know, re-roofing a house, but um, that doesn't mean that we know how to find business. And so we end up going to and I won't, I won't bad mouth any of the meeting groups, but you know, we go to these networking groups where everybody there is a salesperson who's trying to talk to other salespeople who can't actually buy their product. <laughs> and every Tuesday morning at seven o'clock, they go to breakfast with all these other salespeople and they hand out their business cards and they don't get any business. So, you know, where do you start in the vast variety of things you could do, you know, handing out your business card is one and you mentioned, you know, social media and some other things. Uh, but, you know, how, how do you know that you're even making any progress when it comes to marketing? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, you know, it, again, it depends on your line of work, right? So uh, the, you know, the, 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 the food truck, it, it, the marketing might be about placement of the food truck, right? The, the location. And then having, you know, the kid dressed up as a pterodactyl out on the street corner with one of the arrow signs that you, you do this and cars see the uh, pterodactyl and they go to the food truck. So it, it depends on the line of work. But I think what you need to do is lean into your, your network of professional peers. Again, I'm assuming you've had a career and, and you've built up a reputation and you lean into it and ask those people for referrals uh, to, to people they know. So it's sort of a little bit of a LinkedIn pyramid scheme. But, but here, I mean, I'm actually talking about picking up the phone and calling Peter, my friend. And, and this is a true story. Um, Peter, uh, uh, no last names, but he was an executive at Microsoft and Microsoft OEM. And, and that's where I spent a lot of time with small business server, right? Because HP, Dell, SBS, you right. get the picture. Um, apparently, I, I uh, you know, didn't damage my reputation in front of Peter. So he recently left Microsoft um, 
and he started a blockchain company about a year ago, and it has to do with trucking and shipping and some other industries. And uh, one of the other industries he's starting to explore, um, and again, I prefer to, we'll, we'll just keep it at a high level for the purposes of this podcast, but it crosses over to one of my startups, okay? One of my new startups, because I'm out there shucking and jiving. And so he introduced me to an executive in that industry, a well-established executive. And uh, Carl, I've met with this uh, individual uh, once a week for 12 weeks over the summer. And, and we're now conspiring to, to do some things together probably a year from now. Um, but, but the idea would be global events for executives, not, not MSPs and not techies, but it would be more private equity uh, employees and venture capital employees who kind of want to explore blockchain and other opportunities. You know, the, you, you get the picture, you know, one of these two-day $2,500 conferences, right, executive level right. Um, in Zurich. And, but the point is referrals. I, I, I talk too much. I take too long to get to the point. My son will tell you that. But referrals are an excellent way to mark. And you can lean, I'm looking at LinkedIn right here. You can lean into LinkedIn, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, so this, uh, we're almost out of time, but, you know, how do you know what works and what doesn't? So referrals are a great way to start. Uh, but then when you decide, hey, I need to, you know, hit the gas, uh, how do you learn about all these things? I mean, your book has amazing, great tips, and I really appreciate it. But, you know, it's easy to get overwhelmed. And then, you know, what, what do you do when you say, I have to have another client right now? <laughs> uh, do you just start connecting with every single person on LinkedIn and saying, hey, do you need any of this? Yeah, a, fr a friend of mine actually uh did that. I'll, 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 again, I'm a storyteller. So very quickly, uh, back home, a buddy of mine in Alaska, uh, with the pandemic, his position was, uh, for budgetary purposes, eliminated at the Alaska Power Authority. I mean, just, it was one fine day. And he, uh, like a madman, got up on LinkedIn and started working it till it hurt. I mean, he, you know, literally had calluses on his fingers the next day. And Carl, he's gone on to land clients, contracts. Uh, is you know he's he's now a consultant, an entrepreneur, like we've been talking about. Um, but he's landed that in the uh, alternative energy space for Alaska, right? So he took his domain expertise and um, power and and lending and financing and so on. Guy loses his job, uh, collected a little bit of unemployment, of course, um, but come within 60 days, he landed two big gigs. And nice. yeah, and so that's my answer is, you know, just um, go after the low hanging fruit. And then finally, Carl, we, I, I don't know the answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and let me frame it up. Uh, my core company, SMB Nation is, is a, while it's a community, it behaves like a media integration company. And, and folks, I want you to be thinking about this. We'll often be approached by uh, sponsors, advertisers, and they want us to do a rev share, right? And I'm really not in that line of work. I'm not a marketplace and I'm not a distributor. And I, I, I don't want to compete with my friends who are distributors harder than it looks. Um, but Carl, at that point, my final point, if I do a rev share for a telecom solution, it's always telecom 
a telecom solution. Um, I'm now I'm an investor in that telecom entity. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. And that's not what I do. Okay. That's, that's not, uh, I, I don't want to be an investor in the telecom sector. <laughs> so the point is what, what's the telecom trying to do? They're trying to have an assured outcome, right. And marketing, which there is no thing, you know, Harry, you're going to get a penny for every dollar that flies by that that's attributable to you. Carl, I may be working for free for a long time. Yep. Yep. <laughs> well, you know, when I was transitioning from employed to self-employed, uh, I worked with a number of companies in the startup era of, you know, the internet, right? When everybody was running a startup. And I can't tell you how many offers I turned down to, you know, just give us your services for free in exchange for, you know, future products, future services, future stock, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, all that future stuff, my bank doesn't accept that. My landlord doesn't accept that. <laughs> I actually need cash. Uh, and so, uh, so I've never been tempted down that road myself. So, all right. Last question. I will let you, uh, I'll, I'll do a slow pitch and you can knock it uh, over the uh, fence. Um, so what would you say to all these people who are out there and saying, you know, I, it, I'm, I'm lost in 2020. Where do I start? Well, so, so first of all, here's the good news. Uh, and I'm not being facetious. I, I mean this sincerely. So just back away from that laptop, take a deep breath and, and realize uh, you're still here. And, and I'm not being facetious. I mean, just take a deep breath and, and, and get your gratitude list going on. Okay. So get, get, get that. I literally have one in a spreadsheet and I, I have to, I, I have to check myself every now and then, Carl, let me tell you, you know, with pandemic head and right. uh, just the stressors. So number one, get your gratitude list going on and, and, and realize that you're still, we're going to get through this, you know? And uh, now that said, we have to be very, very smart this time. And smart means this for me, at least I grew SMB nation organically. It was a cool little hip, community. We all hugged and, and so on. Um, did that over 20 years. Thank you. I am now growing strategically, right? I, I might not have 20 years. I <laughs> might not want to work 20 years and grow organically. So I'm, uh, for example, uh, partnering the, the example I gave earlier about the blockchain example. So I'm actively growing by strategic alliances instead of me, myself, and I. And, you know, there could come a day where one of my startup, there, there might be some dilution along the way with that strategy, but if it's a bigger pie, <laughs> it's all going to be good. <laughs> so I hope that answers the question. Be strategic, get your gratitude list going on, take a deep breath. Uh, we're here and, and, and Carl, and, and enjoy the ride, you know, enjoy the ride, man. <laughs> well, I have to say I've been pleasantly surprised at how many people I've met who are starting businesses this year. And I applaud them like, you know, good for you. Uh, and if there's anything I can do to help, you just let me know. <laughs> yeah, the best right. businesses, well, the best, finally, uh, the best businesses are started in a recession. Um, so we're talking UPS started in Seattle and moved to Atlanta. Uh, I believe that was the Great Depression or, or before. Um, and, and then Intel, 
Intel started in a recession. So now, now you know what I know, Carl. <laughs> very good. Harry Brelsford, thank you very much. The book is Pocket MBA, and we think uh, September, October? Yeah, yeah. It'll, uh, it's, it's coming out Labor Day weekend. Oh, okay. uh, and, and that was by design because we're, we're talking at some level, uh, gainful employment, labor, uh, you know, love labor unions, but yesterday's labor union may well be today's entrepreneur. You get the point. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Uh, thanks for being here. And this has been another SMB Community Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.